promote your business here. Hey guys, if you'd like to promote your business, your entrepreneurial endeavor on my show, I'm selling one week promo spots for $5. If you want more details, email me at nplconsultingfirm at gmail.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Business Of. I'm Natalie Pierre-Lewis, host of the show and owner and operator of NPL Consulting, LLC, a business formation firm. I'm going to get into what that means in a little bit, um, but I want to talk to you about my podcast. The Business Of is a podcast where I interview entrepreneurs in unconventional areas of business. The goal of the podcast is to show that no matter what your business is, the steps to get started are pretty much the same and also give proof that there's way to make money doing anything. Um, the podcast is released monthly right now, but I'm thinking of going to a bi-weekly schedule as I'm getting the hang of putting the show together. Um, But now back to what my business, NPL Consulting LLC, does. I teach and help with business formation. That's just a fancy way of saying I help you set your business up legally. So things like registration, trademarks, contracts, etc. I'm a licensed attorney with a passion for helping entrepreneurs achieve their dreams. You can find everything I do at linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm, linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm, linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm. You can also find my contact info in the show notes. I hope you enjoy the show. In this episode, I talk with two very busy people, Jet Setting Jasmine and King Noir. Between the two of them, they run a total of six businesses. Jasmine is a licensed clinical therapist and runs her own practice called Blue Pearl Therapy. King is a music artist who puts out work under the name Hassan Salam, as well as being an erotic touch masseur. Both of them run Body Altitudes, Tampa Bay, Florida's only destination gym, where they develop and teach steel and stilettos fitness, which promotes self-confidence through exercise and sexy movements. They are also award-winning adult film stars by way of Royal Fetish Films an adult film production company that promotes positive images of people of color in the adult film industry. And they both are master fetish trainers, which is what our conversation is about today. All of their information with their many businesses will be posted in the show notes. I discovered this pair from an article that was written about them in Ebony Magazine by Tayomi Morgan Najib, who you may remember was my very first guest. I started following them on social media and was intrigued by the chemistry between them. We're all adults here, so let's be real. Most adult films do not promote positive views of people of color, particularly people of African descent. What fascinated me was the roles that the characters in their films play, the sensuality that is promoted between the actors, and the respect that is usually lacking when it comes to portraying actors who are not considered mainstream. This interview is really special because I got to talk to this dynamic couple in person. They happened to be in town around the time I was communicating with them, and I jumped on the opportunity. We met at a restaurant, so there's noise in the background, but it was such an inspiring conversation that I didn't even notice. I hope you find the many gems in this interview that I did. They talk about the confidence that comes from being an entrepreneur, using um, the sex industry to combat racial injustice, why patience is the biggest skill you need to develop as a trainer and in business, and they give some very wise words to those who may want to get into unconventional areas of business. Enjoy the show. Thank you for taking the time out to talk to me. I really appreciate it. I know you guys are busy. Um, So what exactly is a master fetish trainer? What we do is help people 
discover what their fetishes are, uh, and then find a healthy way to explore them, experience them, and in some t- in some cases, be entertained by them. Because not all people want to actually get tied up per se, but they might really enjoy watching it or the conversation is enough for them. I think a lot of times when we think of people's fetishes and kinks, we think they have to actively engage in one particular way, but the way that fetishes and kinks work is they're completely unique to individuals, and what we do is really help them find out what they are and just explore them in in many different ways. Okay. Do you want to add to that? Um, Also, you know, we do work a lot with the psychological aspects fetishes, mm-hmm. so um, there are people who may feel that they have a deviation or disorder or concerns about their partners and their fetishes, so we will also work with them on, um, as King mentioned, having kind of like a healthy, um, so as King mentioned, we help people have a healthy approach to their fetishes, how they look at their fetishes, experience them, and um, even just navigating you know, their thoughts having a fetish some people can be pretty either ashamed or um, fearful of what they've been thinking about or what they've been exposed to so we also help with that as well okay cool so how did you specifically get into fetish training like we know all the multitude of products that you guys have did they lead into the fetish training or the fetish training led into that or it just kind of came about on its own So it, um, I don't know what came first, the chicken or the egg, so to speak. I don't know what came first, the chicken or the egg, um, when it comes to fetish training. But um, So my background is a clinical therapist, and that certainly came before um, my entry and exploration to the sex, the sex world. I will say that um, I've always applied my clinical background to the work that we've done. I went into it thinking like this would be fun and exciting to you know just help people explore themselves sexually and really what I found is that a lot of people have some serious hang-ups. Um, I don't want to say necessarily mental health issues but like I was stating before just kind of the um, shame that comes along with sex and sexuality, the guilt that comes along with sex and sexuality, um, anxiety, social anxiety, all of those things uh, really found their way, was finding their way into the work that I was doing. So I'd be coming into a party thinking that we're celebrating people's sexual freedom and leaving, realizing that people need a lot of help with being sexually free, you know. Um, so that is, I think it just kind of blended itself, the, the um my clinical background with what we were seeing on the end of sexual entertainment, it gave us an avenue to really be, I don't like to consider myself like a healer, so to speak, but to give people an avenue to work through um, whatever their hang-ups may be and their oppressions may be around sex and sexuality and be able to actually have that sexual freedom that they initially would hire us for. That's awesome. That actually led right into my next question of like, when when you knew it could like it was a thing Mm. Um, alright so people may look at what you do and you know they see it's like fun and sexy and you know and it's like all this stuff but there are day to day business you know issues that you have to deal with as entrepreneurs what are some of those things that come up on the regular for you guys so customer service would be fun (laughs) Um, day to day you know 
dealing with our customers, finding our customers. You know, that's that's something that we do all day, every day, coming up with new strategies to find customers, um, finding our target audience, so to connecting, engaging with them, um, always finding ways to refine our work. How do we follow up with existing customers? How do we bring them back for our new services or our new perspective on, um, you know, things that we used to do two years ago, we have new ways of doing that, and how do we let our, our existing or old customers, so to speak, know that we are um, offering something new? So I think that's probably one of the number one things. How about for you, King, day-to-day work? I feel like the day-to-day of just answering questions about people trying to figure out what we do because in our line of work, people are discovering themselves and they're looking to have us help them discover themselves. So, I mean, customer service, as you said, but like I feel like our, our customer service is on so many different levels. It's not just the, you know, being polite, showing up on time aspects of it, but it's like doing our customers a service to actually, just in that initial consultation that we do, to actually open up a part of them that they might not really be opening up with anybody else about. So I think that it's kind of like a, it's hard to explain. It's like working in many other fields throughout my life, if there's never been anything else that I've done that's like fetish. Yeah. I mean, other things, of course, is, you know, the technological end of it, keeping up with our social media, um, finding relevant things to share with our audience, sharing our, um, excuse me, brushing up on our craft constantly. So we have to do our own research and studying and going to classes and engaging with other mentors and um, people in the industry. That's incredibly important. Um, What other things? I mean, maintaining our appearance, that's something that we try to do on a daily basis. Um, I mean, even um, like the other day when when you wanted to learn a new technique with a flogger. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's... a mental aspect of what we do, but just like there's a physical aspect of what we do, even beyond just the yeah. keeping up with our appearance, you know, uh, working hard to build our, our repertoire and being able to use the different tools that we use in, in a safe way. And then also because we perform, it also has to look good. So right. we have to practice mm-hmm. and yeah. got routines and steps and shit. Yes. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we do. I mean, um, Things like, well, you're not seeing this today, obviously, because we're out eating out. Um, but meal prep, you know, that because we are our product, and I think that people don't understand. I don't know, not that they don't understand. They just kind of don't see the background work to that. You know, when you are your product, you, you have to make sure that it's presented properly. So making sure that we're eating well, resting well. Um, other day-to-day things... Oh my goodness, it's it's endless. I mean, our work day goes from the minute that we wake up until we go to sleep, really. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. So that's another interesting aspect. So not only are you guys, um, you know, business partners, but you're also partners in life. So are you able to draw a, a draw a line or distinction between when work stops and when life starts, or is it just something that is all encompassing? I'm not saying no. I mean, there are times when 
we have there there is we can't draw that line because we have work to do. Um, and there are times when we can't draw that line because we need to connect with one another. Um, so you know, I'll say when we got back from our last trip which was a work trip and it was definitely leading into this work trip but we needed to just connect we needed to disconnect from social media we needed to disconnect from looking at um, class evaluations and things like that and we just needed to sit on the couch and watch the whole season of Orange is the New Black in yeah, we, one we setting we that hard body um, you know so which led to like you know great conversations about what we were seeing and what we were experiencing um our last work trip we brought our family with us so as soon as we got home instead of where we would normally sit down and do like a how do you think the day went let's follow up with all the people that we met um, let's try to book something for this evening we had our family time and we were all all in so you know there are times when we are working a deadline and yeah it would be wonderful to like cuddle and go out to eat and things like that where we have to say no we just need to work through the night and then there are other times you know the opposite so I think we have a really good balance of that or checking one another when you know I can be like really headstrong about wanting to get something done and he has to say like you know you're not being productive you're you're tired you need to eat um and you're not really thinking clearly because of those things. So I think we help draw the line for one another too. Okay. And then also in that vein of being, you know, partners in everything. So when you went into business together, do you guys have like a partnership agreement, like a written one where you're talking about, okay, this is how we split money. This is what your duties are. This is what my duties are. Because that can also get kind of confusing when, you know, you also have a family together. When we first started working together, we weren't we weren't a couple. Okay. So we did. We went into we went into an agreement. Um, I also like, for example, Jasmine has blue pearl therapy, whereas she might ask me. I mean, I don't help her therapy wise, but if she needs like me to do an email or whatever, I don't know whatever she would ask me for, and I have my music. I actually now she's helping me a lot more with my music but it's still we have we divvy that uh, in our own way but within the business I think at this point there is no real line when it comes to like RFF or Just Setting Jasmine LLC how how we work we all get things done when things needed to get done but we both have have strong suits like Jasmine is way better at what, what would the correct term be? Like, I, I do the editing, but mm-hmm. you do, like, everything else. <laughs> I don't know what the word is. Jasmine is the CFO. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have definitive um, roles like you would in most companies, but we definitely know our strong points, and we make a point to learn a little bit about what each other's strong point is in the case that one couldn't do that job. So I'm not great with editing, um, but I do watch when he does edit. I kind of I know that we have a particular style that if I had to either hire someone to do it or sit and painfully do it myself, <laughs> I could still keep the same the same style. Um, sending emails and talking to people, um, writing contracts and proposals. That's kind of my strong suit. But we do have a place where all of that information is templated and stored, so that if I couldn't do it, he could. Um, where we have 
more rigid roles now are in our family, which is kind of interesting. So like, I feed the baby, he changes the baby. Like, those, you know, we have some, you know, he, um, you know, there's certain things within our family. He plays with the kids. I make sure that they go to school. <laughs> so, I care that they go out there. You can. I make sure they wake up and go. That's the difference. You can't send them to school at noon. <laughs> That'd be a good time to go. They learn more that time. Yeah. So those kind of things. Um, we have a daughter that's going to college, and you know, she's in now for the summer. I'm kind of up to date on like her, you know, her financial aid paperwork and, and class registration, and he's up. Um, keeping up tabs on like what time she's getting home and um, really talking to her about what they're processing in the classes. So, you know, we kind of divvy those roles up a little bit more clearly than, than we do. Awesome. Um, so, how have the difficulties, or I'm not even going to say difficulties, but the challenges that you faced business-wise made you better fetish trainers and vice versa what you know that your development as fetish trainers how has that made you better mm. in the business part I think anything that makes you develop your, your levels of patience makes you a better fetish trainer and there's a whole lot of different reasons you'll need to be patient in a fetish session one, just going back to what I said, people are discovering who they are. So, you know, somebody might want to try something and then they'll totally be against it and say their safety word. They're like, oh, this wasn't something I, I, I can follow through with or I would like to follow through, but I need to go slower or, you know, just different levels of that. But then also you might have somebody who's a bratty sub who wants to try and push buttons in a session like anything that makes you listen better to find out more about what that person is looking for looking to experience looking to learn so I think with hardship that's the that's the number one thing that sticks out to me I also think that we're able to um, with the challenges some of the setbacks that we've had in business have made us move Oh, right now we're um, we are in a place called Ernie Ernie's Crab Shack. Crab so, House, giving them free advertisement in the in the middle of Alexandria. I, I don't know if anybody works here, but if they do, you know, come visit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so you were saying that uh, patience, um, anything that builds your patience makes you better as a trainer, and you said that the same is for. Have, in learning the ins and outs of the the business steps of getting everything on the ground, mm -hmm. has that increased your patience, do you feel? Or has the fetish training kind of increased your patience to learn that part? Because some people don't want to learn it. They'd rather just pay somebody to do it. I, right. I think it's kind of one has helped the other. Okay. Because just just as Jasmine said, like I'm I'm definitely all for like when she looks at editing as tedious, like that's the part of my day I look forward to. Okay. You know, I look at replying to emails as tedious, you know, or I'm more the initial meet and greet person out of, out of the both of us, but Jazz is definitely the one who follows up. I think uh, the level of patience 
that I've gotten having to learn all the what I consider the more mundane aspects of everything has made me better as a fetish trainer and fetish training has made me be better in that aspect too. And so I was sharing that um, the challenges with with just owning a business. I mean, and it does take a lot. It definitely does take a lot of, um, of patience. You know, just waiting for documents to come through, paperwork to come through, contracts to be signed, th those type of things um, that don't just happen, websites to be built. Mm -hmm. um, those challenges have made us much more um, efficient with how we offer our services. Because when you're not just doing something as a hobby, um, you value your time. Yep. You know, in when you're relying on your, you know, your product, your service to sustain your life, your fam your family, you value how you know how many how your clients have an experience, um, if they come back, what you're offering. So we put a lot of time and energy into making sure. Sorry. So um, definitely, the challenges and. Yeah, really, the challenges that come with having a business make us better fetish trainers because it's like you sacrifice a whole lot to get this business structure up. You want to deliver the services and you want the return on your investment. Um, and so that means, like, you, I mean, and we're not negligent people anyways, but our reputation is important to us. So making sure a person has a good time um, or a meaningful time is incredibly important because our, our lives depend on it. Um, so, with um, passage of legislation like Boston SESTA, has that affected the way that you guys have to do business at all? I think that we, if anything, um, like everything, we know that there's going to be ups and downs um, with so like with social media. You know, we've had it already. Where we've I'm, been. I'm definitely shadow banned on yeah. on at least Twitter. Mm -hmm. Okay, but knowing that. That's not, we put all of our eggs in one basket. Um, I think that that has been important from everything where we take money from, how we take payment, to where and how we advertise our services. Um, you know, knowing that the shoe can drop on on any of these things. I mean, we're reliant on somebody keeping their app up and, go, up and running. Um, and then, of course, obviously the law cooperating with sex workers. So, you know, we know that we our website has been taken down long before this um, PayPal has gotten rid of us wow. long before this law, PayPal and, and companies like that have um, targeted us. So, you know, I feel like we're pretty much prepared. Um, what would you say is what would you say is the biggest uh, lesson you've learned in running your business? The biggest lesson? Yes, running your many businesses, I should say. I'm, I'm the biggest lesson I don't know that I can answer that question right now the biggest lesson that our business has taught us yeah just in general like um, if someone was to say you know how has being an entrepreneur made you a better person mm -hmm. um, I think that it's built my confidence uh, it has definitely built my self confidence you know when you know that your work is because of what you put out, um, it really makes you feel. It really makes you feel good. I think I've kind of straddled the fence for a long time, having a corporate job, and 
being an entrepreneur half the time and That's being what I'm able struggling to, with right now. <laughs> well, good. I hope that this helps you. Um, taking that leap into being an entrepreneur, it kind of it, it's definitely um, less secure. You know, um, it's a huge risk. So it really makes you look at yourself and say, you know, can you do this? Are you as good as you think you are? You know, are you strong enough to, to do this? So, um, and then every week, because you look at kind of your finances and your life a little bit differently, where you may have looked at it by the semester or this year, I had a good year. I think as an entrepreneur, I look at it like every three days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? I sold my first ebook today and I was like, all right, I can take 30 minutes off of work. Your time, your time and your worth is, um, <clears throat> you look at it in a very different increments. So, I mean, I've, I've definitely learned more about my value in that way. Awesome. I honestly, I've had my own business since I was like 11 or 12 years old. I used to sell incense and oils. Oh my God. <laughs> I used to ride the train in New York and Jersey. And from a very young age, I've known how much work it takes to own your own business. I've also worked many jobs for other people. And in all the jobs that I've worked for other people, you know, you have like your set time. When you're in work, when you're in business for yourself, there is no set time. Like you, you literally are working 24/7. Like in your sleep, you're probably dreaming about how to better your business. Mm -hmm. But I would much rather do that than bust my ass to make someone else rich. I'd, I'd rather be just getting by as long as I can take care of my family. And, 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 and to me, there's there's much more of a reward in it knowing that I'm doing this and it's something that I have a passion to do something I love to do and it's like there's a freedom in it for me that working like a, a 9 to 5 corporate for somebody else would just probably like crush my soul you know like I, I, I feel like I'm free when, I, when I'm working for myself I love now you know Jasmine and I have been working together for 6 years now going on 7 and there's something even more so that I that I've derived from working with my partner, like waking up and my coworker is somebody that I love, and we bounce ideas off one another, and we're creative, and you know, her her hustle is what made me start to fall in love with her in the first place. It's something that I, that I think that we share in common. We have many things that we're different about, but that hustle is something that we share in common. That is like both of our driving forces in life so it, it definitely makes uh it makes it enjoyable like it's a roller coaster ride but it's one that i enjoy taking oh it's here one single solitary <laughs> man tear has been shed <laughs> what accomplishment are you uh the two of you most proud of either individually or separately or together <laughs> well i don't want to lump him into the work even though he was made on the job. <laughs> um, well, you know what? Really, I think it does have to do with family. I think a major accomplishment for us, I mean, we've won awards, um, and that's been great. We've 
you know, been able to travel internationally. That's been wonderful. Those are all goals that we've had. And so it's always nice when you can accomplish your goals. But being able to have, like, this lifestyle and still have a really healthy family and a growing family, to me that's a huge accomplishment because I feel like everybody felt like we were sacrificing our family to be able to do our work. You know, oh, you're going to be in the sex industry. What are your kids going to think? What are your parents going to think? Um, how are you going to sustain a living? And, you know, we've been able to do that really well. And so to me, that's a huge accomplishment. Being like all of those little goals and meeting them, they're, they're great in the moment. But at the end of the day, I probably won't remember what we won an award for at the end of my life. But I will, I'm pretty sure. Um, rem- yeah, yeah, I will. And they'll... <laughs> Hopefully they'll, you know, they'll be there to remind me of what award we want. <laughs> I would say that and um, having people of color contact us and say thank you for providing us with something besides stereotypes and the heavy, heavy racist under and overtones that porn is. Like, I, I really feel like, I mean... The sex industry is a sex industry. People are going to have their their perceptions of it one way or another. But in every single arena and avenue of, of human existence, black people are oppressed in this country. So in every single arena and avenue, we have to set a tone for what we want for ourselves, what we want for our people, and hopefully ways that will free us up for future generations. And, like, really, like... People hit us up constantly like, thank you for showing black people kissing or loving one another or just showing that we can be into BDSM and kink too. Like just those, those things to me are just like, that's, that's amazing because it's like, you know, and, and you would love to think that we could do something as simple as have sex and not have to deal with racism but we do so we we speak out against racism we educate people to how to be better consumers uh, and be proactive with with uh, what they buy and who they support and how they support them in this industry and, and I think that like that's really rewarding to me um what is like what what is your vision for I can't even say it because you have like eight hundred businesses going on. But what is your overall vision for what you want to accomplish as a team? Uh, I think that we kinda stop um, looking at our work in that way. I think it's a great question, but <laughs> <laughs> I think um, we definitely continuously set goals, but I find that when you kind of have like this overall picture, you can still limit your limit yourself because I would have never imagined where we are now with the overall vision that I had six years ago, seven years ago. Um, so that that becomes really hard. I mean, we've been fortunate enough to kind of just allow ourselves to flow. Um, like, oh, that, you know, that's cool. That's an important issue right now. Um, this is how I feel about this right now. Let's kind of take this direction. And um, 
and have a lot of fluidity with our business. Um, you know, we were really passionate about fitness, and so we decided let's let's go that route. Let's just see how far we can take that. You know what. And we opened up a fitness center. We did a lot of amazing work with that. We continue to travel the country, bring uh, really the world with Steel and Stilettos Fitness. I could have never imagined that. So I'm really careful about kind of setting myself up for um, for one look of what the company will look like in the next year. Or the next, you know, just for, for that reason, because I think that our abilities are far more limitless than my mind can be at this moment. Okay, that's really good. How about for you? My goal with all things in life is freedom, justice, and equality. However, uh, I can incorporate any of my businesses into that, and I feel like we're on the right path. I, I think, you know, uh, we, we definitely are working on freeing people's minds. Hopefully, uh, at the same time, you know, we, well, we are working on banking on it and all that kind of stuff as well with, with our product and what we do, but we don't, we don't fall in line with what the stereotype is supposed to be or, or what uh, it seems everybody thinks we should be doing. So, you know, I, I, it just falls in line with my principles in life. Which is... So perfect as we're here for the Sexual Freedom um, <laughs> Summit. <laughs> that was a very good segue right there. Mm -hmm. So last couple questions. Um, what would, what advice would you give to um, any you know young entrepreneur or old any person who has entrepreneurial ideas mm -hmm. but doesn't necessarily think they can make it into a viable business? Somebody sold. Gigapets and pet rocks. And <laughs> people have sold any and everything. So just work on your work on your sales pitch. Work on your business plan. There's some if you can think of it, mm -hmm. then there are people out there that want it. Mm -hmm. So you know, just Chia Pet made millions of dollars. If Chia Pet can make millions of dollars, you can make millions of dollars. I have a, um, a thought from one of my sisters of sexuality, um, Taylor had mentioned, like when going into being an entrepreneur, you may not want to go into it trying to be rich. Um, that if you want to go in, like if you want to go into whatever, selling whatever, you may just want to set a goal for, I want to make as much as I'm making now, but I want to be free. Like find out what yeah. the, what really the benefit of being an entrepreneur is for you. Um, because it can be really disheartening in the beginning when you're not rich <laughs> after your first, you know, um, your first distribution of uh, Chia Pets or whatever. <laughs> but, and I think, um, I mean, I started my business as a kind of a hobby, you know, a, an area of interest. And I definitely made more money with it than I thought that I would. But it started to become way more important. The work that I was doing was way more important than the dollar amount. Um, so when you do make, you know, a substantial amount of money, it's certainly a bonus. But the real bonus every day is being able to work on myself. So, you know, um, a lot of people say like, oh, I want to quit this job because I know I, I want to make a million dollars and whatever. That may or may not happen. Kind of look at all the different cost benefits associated with being your own boss. 
um, outside of just money. All right. And last question, where can people reach you guys? I'm going to put all of this information okay. um, in the show uh, notes, but, you know, where can they find you, all your work, everything that you do, the 101 things that you do in life? You can find all that stuff on jetsettingjasmine.com. Okay, great. One-stop shop. And for you? Uh, jetsettingjasmine.com, oh. <laughs> hassansalam.com, and uh, King Noir XXX, Royal Fetish XXX. Mm-hmm. What else? We got. I mean, we got everything, but yeah. Jet Setting Jasmine is the host. We'll take you there. Okay, so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll put that all in the show notes. Again, thank you guys so much for um, this interview, and enjoy your crabs. Thank you for sitting <laughs> you. in this under the sea. I hope you found that conversation as inspiring as I did. If you want to get in contact with Jasmine or King, um, or book them for a private session, all of their information is in the show notes. As well, if you're going to be in the Atlanta area this month, they will be at the Sex Down South Conference. Now, if you have a dream business that you want to make into reality, let's book a 15-minute consultation with me to see how you can get how we can get you there. It's not going to be as fun as King and Jasmine, but you know, I'll do my best. <laughs> I too provide personal coaching <laughs> as I buy uh, a private Facebook group where members can ask me questions and get first looks at all of my digital products, like my CEO ebook bundle. The bundle comes with six ebooks that take you through the business formation process, give you the basics of money management, and help you set up infrastructure for your employees, all for the low price of $132. You can find all this and more at Linktree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm. All of my contact information is located in the show notes as well. Also, if you would like to advertise your business on my podcast, I run one week promo spots for $5. Email me at NPL Consulting Firm at gmail.com for details. Till next time, bye.